mistakes, bruises, and scars. This is an intimate conversation with Rick Bosley. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and back by popular demand for round two. I already previewed him and introed him in the intro. His name is Rick Bosley. He is a business coach. He is a father. He is a son. And he is a master of many mistakes. And he is also a teacher and an educator. And Rick, I wanted you to stay on and come back for for a second episode because our previous episode absolutely crushed it, right? We went all into coaching right? and why business professionals need coaches. But what we didn't get to do is talk about your journey, right? You didn't just wake up one day and become this successful business operator, successful coach, mentor, teacher, right? You had your own mistakes, bumps, and bruises along the way. And I have found that some of the best lessons that I have learned is from others, not necessarily them teaching me the best way to do it, but learning from their mistakes and then being willing to be vulnerable and open up. Sure. You agreed to it. One of the underlying themes of this show is everything you wish you learned in high school but didn't. And sometimes it's not even everything we wish you learned in high school but didn't, but it's mistakes you were making earlier in life that you corrected. And gosh, you wish you were able to not have to make the mistakes and, and, and but still know what you know or still be able to accomplish what you accomplished. Sure. And then you were telling me about a special course that you teach through your coaching program called Quantum? Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. So I don't know exactly where we want to go with this, but I know that you are a wealth of experience. And I want to tap into that experience for the audience today okay. so that maybe they can, A, learn whatever it is mistake-wise that they're making. It's okay. We acknowledge those bumps, those bruises, those scars. They make us who we are. And possibly maybe we can help them avoid the scar being too deep. Right. Right. The mistake being um, too drawn out. The bruise being too painful. So... Tell me more about Quantum Leap, or maybe, maybe not. How about this? I'm going to ask you just the most basic blunt question. Is there anything that stands out to you back in your teenage years that you wish you knew, but you didn't? Um, and now because of it, you have three young boys. You're going to make sure your young boys are taught this or brought up this certain way. Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy loaded question. I'm going back. I'm 38 now, so you asked me to go to back to, to 20 plus years. Uh, I love your intro, how it says children over 18 years old, right? So it's kind of an oxymoron statement, yet I believe a lot of people over 18 still do have comes that adolescent mindset or habits or development. Uh, habits are so important. What I wish I would have known would have been the importance of habits and routine and consistency in anything you do. Uh, you've, you've gone through a, a pretty phenomenal health journey in the last year and a half mm-hmm. with the hard 75, right? Yes. Uh, which is all about habits. 100% about habits. And it's about intentionality. It's about seeking. We mentioned the last podcast. If you're running a business or running your life, where are you at? Where do you want to be? What's the plan to get there? And what's the discipline and accountability to get there? So in high school, you know, I was um, I was blessed to have a great high school experience. A lot of people say, oh, the worst days. And I had, I had a blast. And I was senior class president. I was, I was part of different organizations. 
Um, yet I wasn't intentional even to where I went to school. All right, UCF grad, so happy with that. Go Knights, charge on, we're all good there. Why did I go to UCF? It was convenient. Mm-hmm. Because Only two hours from home. It was, it was close to home. My brother was there. A lot of my friends were going there. It was a good university up and coming. There, I, I didn't go with intentionality. And, and so looking back at 16, 17, 18 years old, that could have been a prime time to be interviewing professionals who I seek to be one day, right? Uh, the pursuit of happiness. How did, how did that character become in, in the business he was in? Well, he started asking people who drove nice cars, what do you do for a living? He became intentional with who do I aspire to be? Uh, I winged it. And I winged it for a good chunk of my time, really until I became in real estate and I was 28 years old. So I winged it for the first 10 years of my adulthood. Which, you know what, most of us do. And, and I want people to know who are listening, that's okay. But if you can start today striving to be more intentional in everything that you do, whether you're 16, 26, or 46, intentionality is something that you wish, looking back, someone was having those conversations with you. Hey, Rick, be more intentional. Right. Um, you were pretty intentional on those water skis though, weren't you? I had a lot of fun water skiing. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're pretty good at that. Uh, so at 16 years old, I, I learned to barefoot and, um, I had an opportunity when I came into college, SeaWorld's around the corner to go ski at SeaWorld before they shut down their thing of the jump skis and the barefooting. So I had a blast with it. And you know what that came down to? I winged it yet the circumstance, the environment. So if, if we talk about that in life, I got a lesson with a guy named Mike Seipel, who's a world-renowned barefoot ski coach. Uh, he happened to be 30 minutes from my house, and I'm 16 years old. And I said, I will work for you for free every day this summer if I can ski with uh, you. That's being intentional. Yeah. That right? was intentional, not with the intention of being anything besides this was fun. Yeah. It was accidentally intentional. And so every morning, uh, I'm a 16-year-old summer. I, I woke up at 7, 6 a.m., got to his place at 7 a.m., uh, we went skiing till 9 a.m. And then from 9 to 12, I washed his boats. There you go. And that was it. And I was home by 1230 with, with world-class ski training. And, and it became the phenomenal growth curve. That was intentional. School got back in session. I didn't have a habit that kept that going. I didn't go back to him next summer. I didn't keep pursuing that of what that would look like. So it was an accidental intentionality. You know what's cool about that story, though, is you used one of my favorite F words and not which I like that word too, um, but fun, fun. So many times I find myself, and this is the older me, like the younger me, I don't know, was as wise uh, or as well-rounded, but I find this when I'm uh, coaching younger business professionals or mentoring college students, they'll hear me say almost you know, too much or repeatedly or incess incess in incessantly, incessantly, thank you. Hey, man, just make sure you have fun with it. Incessively. Inse incessively? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you insert your favorite I word. There you go. Um, but um, intentionally. Um, intentionally put in your favorite I word. But no, have fun with it. And I think that's great advice. I think it's great advice for anyone. Yeah. You became a great barefoot water skier, but you did so because it was A, fun, but you also exchanged your time for lessons. Right. Right. But, but I loved it when you said, and I, and I know you didn't say so like purposefully, you just use, Oh yeah, I was having fun. Yeah. How about this? Have fun in anything you're doing or look for the fun, right? Find the fun in anything that you're doing. It'll allow you to be more intentional. Yeah. Well, and, and Dave Ramsey, his philosophy is you live like no one else. So later you can live like no one else. Right. And so how many 16 and 17 year olds are waking up at 6am every day to drive 30 minutes to then. So, so that, that means I'm not going out as late as I would have, because I'm not going to be tired or groggy the next morning. I had to be on point. It was important to me. So I did it. 
So you fast forward that. So I, I go to college, I go to UCF. Man, I had, I think, six different named majors in my four years at, at UCF. I love this. I, so I don't know. You and I have known each other for 15 years. I don't know this about you. Yeah. Six. And, so and, so and, what'd you start with? What'd you end up yeah, with? Yeah, I'm spitballing. So I started going, I'm going to be a chiropractor. Okay. Um, and, and so I wasn't sure how or what. So that tells you how reckless that was. I, I knew that... Um, my parents were, my mother's just retired after a 45 year nursing career and medical back in 2000 was going to go medical because obviously medical's not going anywhere. Uh, and it, I didn't talk to any chiropractors. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I said, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Th- there it is again. Yeah. And so I'm this just, this very, uh, I guess I could say talented, outgoing 18 year old who things have come natural to, yet I didn't have an intentionality with it. So I started off, uh, and I was undecided coming in, or maybe business administration. I chose to be on student government at UCF as a senator, and there happened to be a seat open in the College of Education. So I changed my degree just so I could be College of Education to then go get the petition so I became a student government senator. Interesting. Okay. So that I did that uh, because I thought it'd be fun. Was it? It, it wasn't. It didn't speak to me. And I'll, I'll fast forward my, my freshman year of college uh, this I didn't know where this was going, but it's kind of fun how I'm, I'm rehashing the the openness. Uh, I was in a fraternity, and I was also a competitive. This I get made fun of a little bit for it, but competitive cheerleader in high school, co-ed cheerleading. Right? Okay, could you tumble? Yeah, a little bit. I okay. had some back tucks and flips, and and so uh, in college there is a girl I was sitting next to English class, and she was doing cheerleading tryouts, and I was like, oh, that could be fun. I could do that, and I literally went to that, and I made UCF cheerleading team. Good for you. Did you get to do sideline? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I quit within three months because of capacity. And I said, okay, I'm starting school. I'm in this fraternity. I'm a student government senator. And I don't know if you know this, Dustin, but being a college athlete is no joke in terms of time commitment. Uh, I know that all too well. Yeah. That was um, That's a whole nother podcast episode yeah. about, and this would be for the parents of teenagers or for the teens themselves who are contemplating playing their sport at the next level, meaning in college. The best advice ever given to me was by the guy's name is Brian Dibler. Uh, don't even know where Brian lives anymore, if he's still alive. Uh, but he was two years ahead of me. He was dating someone that was in my grade. We were at the bowling alley. And he had gone off to play soccer. He's a phenomenal soccer player. And I remember him looking at me and goes, unless you absolutely love the sport or it's a means to an end, meaning it's your only way to, pl- to pay it's for school or it's um, you think you're going to go pro and you just have to make it through these next two years before you can make it to the next, next level. He's like, I don't recommend it. And I'm thinking I'm a really good prep baseball player, but I'm not that good. You know, I'm good enough to walk on. Maybe they'll make me the bullpen catcher at UCF, but I'm not going to, maybe I'll earn playing time by my junior year. And it'll be a Sunday game and Sunday games are the games I've heard, like are the games that really don't matter. It's the Friday night games that really matter. Um, yeah, and it was like the best advice that was ever given to me because I was able to go to college and have a college experience and to work and do internships and do study abroad programs. Um, so it's, it's uh, yes, I know yeah. what, a, what a time commitment is, not based on first-hand experience, but based on advice and having friends that... You sought out the wisdom. Yes. I, I did it. I, I winged it. And I was like, man, I'm busy. This is hard. My grades are slipping a little bit and I'm, I'm spread too thin instead of being intentional with going, what do each of these things do for me? And how are they a part of my journey to my end path? I didn't know what my end path was. And so let's keep fast forwarding. I go through college, uh, 
the best thing I did in my junior year was stopped bartending and got a very low paying job in the profession I chose. That was some of the best advice. Uh, and, and and let's I do want to go into the profession that you chose because yeah. ultimately when you decided not to be a chiropractor, when you realized that you only went into the school education because you wanted that senator seat and yeah. not necessarily to be a teacher, yeah. what did you end up doing when you graduated? What what was your intended profession? Yeah, so I got a health service administration degree. It still was, if you ask me my senior year, it was uh, chiropractor was still not off the table. It, okay. was, it was to be an executive level of a hospital or uh, assisted living. Okay. It, it was the, a suit, as they call it in the medical field, right? Um, and I went to a job fair in December, three weeks before I graduated in a company called uh, Maxim Healthcare Recruiting, hired me three weeks before I graduated. And so now I'm going, wow, I've got a job offer. That's pretty cool. And, and that seemed like I got one in the hand versus two in the bush. And I said, let's go do this job. So there was no postgraduate. There's no intentionality. There is no, that doesn't fit in my alignment of my plan of what I intend to do. So still I'm 22 years old and I'm still winging it. And I worked for this job, Maxim Healthcare, moved to a city called Spring Hill, Florida. You ever heard of it? I have not heard of Spring Hill. Is it by Tampa? Uh, north of Tampa. If you, okay. If you take Highway 50 and you hit the Gulf of Mexico, you're just north of Spring Hill. Okay. Yeah. So I moved over there and it was a fun little city, um, yet it was just not a city that most 22-year-old single guys go to. It's where they go away from. Uh, the job didn't work out, but I bought a house because that's what you did in 2005. Dust, I'm not sure if you knew in 2005 you buy houses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's You were guaranteed to get rich. Guaranteed it. Uh, and they gave me a full loan with a job offer right out of college. So here you go. You're approved. Congratulations for that. Uh, six months later, it was a mutual firing. I quit. Okay. Uh, when he said it's not working out, I gave my resignation, said I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I listened. And, and, and what were you doing? I was a recruiter. You were a recruiter. A recruiter okay. For, for nursing staff. Okay. Yep. And i so crazy. I'm pretty sure that company is in the same building that we're in today. Okay. Yeah, they either were or they are. I've been in this building for 13 years, so I, you know, you see other tenants come and go, um, but I'm pretty sure I used to see them getting on and off the elevator. Yeah. They're just a small world. Well, and, but, a and a lesson I learned from that was uh, never trade a paycheck for a lifestyle. That that wasn't in alignment with who I wanted to be at that time. So you liked the pay, or at least you liked the pay potential, but you hated every minute of what you were doing. The lifestyle. So um, again, at the time, I'm I'm single. I'm 22. I'm living in the house that I probably shouldn't be living in, and I went to work from eight to six, and then five days a week was on call from six until eight. And so, if you think about the nursing world, their shift started 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. That means people are calling out at 9:30 p.m. and 4:30 a.m. That's when they call out of work. Well, those calls come to me, and then I've got to go f replace those. Ah, oh, okay. So many times I'm trying to be out in a social scene or go on some first dates and things are working out. I'm going, excuse me, I've got to take this call, and then I leave that person at the table for the next hour while I'm filling it. So didn't fit my lifestyle. Um, I listed my house with an agent, and I moved down to West Palm Beach, where I was from, and with a mortgage, and I moved in with my parents, and they're like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I said, I know how to bartend. I'll be able to pay my mortgage. Let me just figure this out. I wanted to get out of the city. It just wasn't a fit for me. Again, reckless, childish, immature. Uh, I always landed on my feet, yet retrospectively, there's lessons that I learned through it. Uh, I ended up fizzboing the house, that the lease I had, because this is now in 2006, I listed it. And market's ready to start going down. Like it's the call yeah. before the storm. And, and those that don't know, FISBO stands for, it's an acronym, for yep. sale by owner. So yeah. you, you sold the home, home on your own. That was my first real estate sale. Yeah. Look at that. Um, sold it on my own. And 
applied, so you knew me as a social services worker working yes. in the department. Yeah, so, so recruiting didn't work out, but you found something that you did like. It found me. It found you. Okay. It found me. Uh, I'm 23. I don't have a, a career. I've got jobs, bartending, and serving, so I am a career builder, indeed warrior, man. I type in, I still go back to that nonprofit leadership. I said, let me go go back what I intend to do. And I just see it, and I said, apply it, apply it, apply it, apply it, apply it. And I remember it very specifically. I'm on the golf course, golf with my dad. I get a phone call, and they say, hey, we want to bring you in for an interview. I said, that sounds great. I'm in. And I go the next day for an interview. The questions are very much, um, how do you handle this situation? What would you do? Tell me a time when. All that very, like, mm-hmm. airy-fairy interview stuff. And they hire me, and they said, hey, our training started last week, but we can get you caught up. Can you start tomorrow? I said, I'm in. I show up to training. There's about 30 people, and I'm looking, and I'm going – what exactly do we do here? <laughs> like, what, what is this job that I just said yes to? And she said, you're a social worker. Well, that's not in my career path of the, running a hospital executive. So I'm a social worker, yeah, for Dep- the Department of Children and Families. So kids who have been um, identified as endangered, abandoned, abused, neglected, mm. uh, they would come to our caseload, and our goal in 12 months was to achieve permanency for that child. Permanency is either re- habit or rehabilitate the family where it's a safe household or go to court, terminate their parental rights and get them to a permanent home with family or foster. Okay. So I was like, Oh, that's not what I expected, but I'm grateful for the opportunity and, and let's do it. Uh, and through my time at DCF, I, I finished that course, uh, a lesson I learned along the way. So you, you had a certain paycheck. And when I, when I had entry level social work paycheck, I lived paycheck to paycheck. When you graduated that, I got about a $3,000 raise. I didn't have $3,000 more at the end of the year. I still lived paycheck to paycheck. Then I moved to Orlando and transferred and got a different position where I had about a $4,000 raise. I still lived paycheck to paycheck. And then I became a supervisor, Dustin, and I still live paycheck to paycheck. And so the lesson was that people live to their means, that if you make 30000 or forty-two, which was my spectrum over those six years, uh, I didn't. I wasn't intentional with that raise of how will I invest it differently or what will I do differently with it. I was still living paycheck to paycheck. So here's what I love. I'm sitting here listening and I'm taking all these mental notes. And every box that you're checking is normal, 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 normal. Lots of really great life lessons to be learned along the way. When I'm saying normal, anyone who's listening, they're probably saying, yeah, this is me. Yeah, this is me. I love that you're hearing that, audience. Because, yeah, what Rick went through is very similar to what we all go through. So if you're going through it, don't think that you're lesser or you're different. No, you're normal. But what we're getting ready to go into, what I'm thinking is, is somewhere along the way, there is a mind shift. Somewhere along the way, there is an aha moment. So you too, regardless if you are 23, 33, or 53, it's never too late to have that aha moment that it's okay to change your major kids two or three different times. It's okay to... To, to, to take a job for all the wrong reasons. It's okay to raise your hand and say, in fact, it's encouraged to raise your hand and say, yeah, this isn't for me. This is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to do. It's, I mean, that's way better than saying, well, I'm just going to stick it out, right? Right. Because I'm afraid of what's on the other side. Um, and so all along the way, you might be beating yourself up and I'm thinking, no, I'm like celebrating you right now. I'm congratulating you. I'm like, Rick, y- you did it. Like all along the way, you were never afraid to, to, to not try. You're right. never afraid to bet on yourself and you're never afraid to call it like you saw it, which is, Hey, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. So let me go find something different. And eventually 
you did, did. because eventually you found yourself at 27 years of age, right? You're 27? 27, 28. Uh, You were working as a social worker, um, a job, by the way, that should pay five times the amount of money that it does based on what you guys do in, in, in that field. But no, but but you were you you were still living paycheck to paycheck. I think that's where I kind of cut you off. Is you were making thirty two, then thirty six, then thirty eight, then forty. Yeah, all along the way, you you hadn't changed a mindset to not live a purposeful life when it comes to your finances. I was living for tomorrow. And I wasn't living for the end game. Therefore, okay. I was making decisions that affected me today and tomorrow. Uh, we mentioned before, just kind of our, our chatting one of the lessons of what would I teach my kids based on uh, this so far, right? Yes. So let's take it so far of teaching the kids. Uh, college was a great experience. I, I grew a lot. I matured a lot. I did a lot of dumb things that thankfully I'm still here to talk about. Um, yet I, I didn't go to college like I should have gone to college, like some people who really fought for the opportunity went to college. If I couldn't have a clear path of what I was going to college for, I don't think I deserve the right to go to college at, well, that, at that time. Okay. Um, or if I did, then you go to the state college, get your prerequisites out until you know what you want to grow up, then identify the best university that will get you to that destination. Or how about this one? This is one of my favorite ones. Maybe go join our military, go serve your country, yeah. spend from 18 to 21 serving your country yeah. so that you can see the world, gain a skill set, meet people from outside of the small community that you grew up in. And then at 21, have your education paid for through the GI yeah. Bill. Yeah. Like, what a phenomenal concept. Yeah. Not enough people do that. I probably mention that any opportunity I can because I'm so pro that for a career, especially for people who you're saying like yourself, you wish you were more intentional with your college selection, with your major selection. And you've almost just alluded to saying you almost shouldn't have been allowed to go to college because you weren't ready. Although you made it work and you were successful with it, um, you feel like you could have done it differently. I sell it as a right, not a privilege. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just what, it's what you're supposed to do. You graduate here and you just go to college. What you're supposed to do. How many people don't have that opportunity to say, let's just go do it because it'll be fun. So as a parent, you're going to make sure your three boys understand that college is a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and why did you choose that university? Tell me of how that is going to help you get to your end goal. And how do you know that end goal is even right for you? So I would almost recommend if you're listening out there right now and, and you feel like you're in this rut, push pause. And if you want to be a loan officer, then go shadow Dustin Owen for two weeks. Go, go find out, go interview people, go listen to as many podcasts as you can and going, is this a lifestyle that I want if I choose and then go identify the best path for it. We talked about this, you know, often of the GPS. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know the best path to get there? You might be making good time, but you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right. So identifying that. So I, I went through college and I wouldn't change a thing, which is I think what you're alluding to as well, because we all are, we are who we are based on our experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Maxwell has a book of sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Society is sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Every time you lose and you will lose, stop, evaluate it. What did you learn? The quicker you can learn it and change, the more you're going to rapidly, you know, receive the benefits from it. I love me some John Maxwell. Yeah. Um, so I was 27. Uh, I was intentional. I, I loved my family. We had a great family. I've got two brothers. We've got three boys raised, and we just had a blast. I knew I, I desired to have a family. I just haven't found the, the girl to do it with. Uh, yet I knew the, the course I was at wasn't going to be the one that was going to provide for my family. Uh, I went back to get my master's in public administration. 
I spent a couple semesters doing that because that was the next logical step at DCF to go okay. become a, a program supervisor over a county. You needed a master's degree and five years experience as a supervisor. As I'm going through it, I started doing the math. I'm going, well, that doesn't make sense. So then I said, okay, what about counseling? And I, I called up the counseling department. They said, yes, master's degrees will start at 28,000. Go, well, I'm at 42 now as a supervisor. And I'm going to go to school for four years, Spending, pay for it. Yeah, how much money on that master's degree? And so going, well, that doesn't make sense either. So I had a good friend, and you know him well, as Tony Galarza, and he was doing well in real estate about two years in. And he goes, Rick, this is you, this is you. And I kept going, I'm happy, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm good. Uh, and I remember it was, it was a cold, it was a warm day in May, I suppose, because we're in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I said, let's go to lunch. Let's talk about this real estate thing. And fast forward, my first day of real estate was December 3rd, 2010. Uh, my parents were... Free- Which, by the way, for uh, anyone listening, if you don't recall, that was not a good year in real estate. Like, that was a year and a half, two years after the big crash, the big collapse. Ignorance was bliss. I had no clue. Um and so I, I have a boat, and I imagine being the guy in the boat driving out to sea as the storm's rolling in and everyone else is coming in. And I'm just like blissfully just driving out there going, hey, I'll do real estate. Uh, I've got a mortgage. I've got a house. My parents are freaking out because I'm leaving a stable income, 403B investments and health insurance. My response was, I have about nine weeks that I can live without being broke, and I know how to bartend. There you go. I'll pay my bills. I left on good terms with my company that if it doesn't work out after a year, I can come back right where I was at. And I said, I, I owe it to myself to give it a shot in this real estate thing. So I, I, I left cold turkey uh, with nine weeks in my bank account to live. And on my seventh week was my first closing. Look at that. And I mean, the big life lesson is you were willing to make a change. Yeah. Like you were willing to make a change. You calculated your risk. And, and, and you made a change because you didn't like the trajectory you were on. Right. So instead of being content and instead of making excuses, well, this is just what social work pays and this is just what's going to be expected of me. You said, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to make a change, but I'm also going to do so calculated. Yeah. Right. Your, your calculation was you knew your backup plan was I can bartend. You knew your backup plan was I have nine weeks reserve and you left on good terms so that you knew worst case. You could go back, but that wasn't the goal. Yeah. And ignorance being blissing in, I had no idea the success rate of real estate agents, brand new, was about 20%, maybe. Right? So you take 10 agents, two of them will do well, eight of them will be back to what they're doing or should be. Uh, I didn't know that. And I joined Tony's team, and three weeks after I joined his team, I realized the opportunity of real estate. And I was like, hey, I I appreciate everything. I think I'm going to go off and go solo. Uh, And I did that. And six months later, they put me in charge of the office. And I ran the office that at a time had 75 agents on top of it. So I went from seven-month-old agent trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing to going, hey, you're in charge. Here's the keys. Go coach these top producers like Jenny Weimer, George Philbeck, Gray Lopez. I'm going, oh. Sure. Why not? I can do this. (laughs) I can do this. Let's roll. And I was 28 and a lot of... Uh, people are going, what, Lori, Lori Terrell's our broker and owner. Um, like, what, what the hell are you doing? Are you sure about this? Uh, and I don't know what made her sure about it, yet something about it clicked. And for me, I had some momentum happening, right? I had 13 closings in my first seven months and momentum's going well. And I said, I can go do this and get a PhD level of education from real estate coaching and training 
And if a year it doesn't work out, I'll come right back where I was and be bigger, faster, stronger. Almost that same philosophy I had at social work. If it doesn't work out after a year, I'll get right back to where I was. So what's the harm in going after it? Yeah, you know what's awesome? You mentioned Lori's name. And, and Lori's a um, big-time owner, broker in the Orlando market. And I bet, and, and I know Lori a little bit, knew her better back in the day than I do currently. But I bet her mindset was, I'm going to give this kid a chance. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah. Right, because successful people, people who are wildly successful, tend to be able to take big risks. But they take big risks because they're confident in their own ability, and they understand that even if it's not okay, it's okay. Right. Right. So even if this 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 young up and comer that I believe in doesn't work out, it's all right. 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 I'll be able to find someone else that that can slide right back in, even if it is me. Right. Even if it's me that has to step in and do this job for a certain time period. Uh, they'll do it, but obviously it worked out because you did it for 10 years right. successfully right. Um, for, for 10 years. You mentioned when we first kicked off this episode, um, you mentioned Quantum Leap. Sure. So uh, just because I'm intrigued and just because I think some of our listeners may be intrigued, um, and I know we're running short on time. I know you have a Zoom call at 11. Uh, I have to get to some of your coaching clients. But what is Quantum Leap? What do you all teach in Quantum Leap? What is your target audience? And then more importantly, how would someone find it? Sure. Quantum Leap uh, originally was written by Gary Keller to his real estate agents. Uh, essentially, if you could take his memoirs and turn it into a course, that's the Quantum Leap course. Okay. Uh, they later, probably about five years ago, changed that for young adults. So now 18 to 25 years old is that target audience. And then since they've also rolled out a high school one, so 13 to 17 years old. And these are the life lessons that high achievers like Gary Keller or yourself are doing and achieving. So the first section is creating your life by design, um, removing your limiting beliefs. What is possible? I taught one, and I still have a passion in, for the uh, dependency system, the foster kids. So I reached out to some of those folks with independent living, which is uh, children who age out of foster care. Mm -hmm. Yet now, hey, you're an adult. Uh, and they were in. So I had two or three of them. And what I loved was their aha was they're not a product of their environment. Go break the cycle. You are not who your parents were or who they told you you will or won't be. So it's it's really helping them see the possibilities of the potential of you can do whatever you'd like to do. We mentioned this in the last episode. In five years, you can be who or wherever you want. Uh, and then it goes down to making those right choices from accountability. It doesn't change whether you're whether you're a student or whether you're running a business. You have to be accountable. Uh, doing those purposeful tasks, time blocking, uh, understanding how money works. And that's something I'm really passionate about of all levels because so many people are financially illiterate. Uh, would you consider yourself that way back in your in your younger 100%. years? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, I had a truck that I couldn't afford. I, I bought the truck going in shopping off of monthly payments. It's common. I went in and said, I want to keep my truck payment under 300. So what did he do? He gave me a 72-month lease. And I said, sweet, you did it. What a dumb thing, right? Yeah. And so I was making a decision on how it affected my cash flow. And my cash flow said, I can afford 300 a month. I didn't make the decision on how it affected my net worth. Let me ask you this question. Did you figure out personal finance all on your own? Or did you seek help? Heck no. Um, first was the bailout, right? Okay. And I, again, privilege versus right. I was fortunate to have uh, family that could go, hey, I'm in a bind. And so my parents were able to help me at least climb out of the hole. Okay. It was up to me to not pick the shovel up again and go dig, dig another hole. It was up to me to change my habits. It was up to me to understand what decisions am I making. Uh, 
making proper investments. Something I, I wish I would have done is not sell any of my houses. I've owned five houses. I currently own two, so I've sold three. I let three get away. Yeah. Well, I, I had a one in Avalon Park, the one you, you did for me in 2008. I bought it. My mortgage was 1100 a month. I had a locked-in 2% rate because of loan modification back in 2011, and the HOA annoyed me, so I sold it. Well, that was dumb. Yeah. Right? I made a decision that was emotional and how it affected me today and not how it affected my portfolio long-term. Yeah, but what I love is that, A, you made mistakes. Uh, B, you're not afraid to to admit, hey, I had to get bailout. And sometimes, sometimes a bailout is, hey, I went and bankrupted myself. Like, yep. I hired an attorney. Businesses do it all the time. I don't know why individuals are so reluctant to at least look that way. Right. But you didn't then try to figure it out on your own. You started seeking advice, whether you read books, you attended seminars, you hired a coach, you asked questions of mentors. And I think for whatever reason, and I have friends that are, that are you know, in their 40s, and they just accept that, well, I'm just, I'll just never figure it out. And I'm like, no, you can figure it out. You just have to want to, by wanting to, pick up a book. Watch a YouTube video, tune into the Loan Officer podcast. Like yeah. we talk about this stuff for a reason because it's not taught, because it's not talked about, but it should be. Yeah, there's so, there's so much content out there that can no longer be an excuse. No one ever told me. Well, yep. y- you never sought it out. Correct. Right. Uh, something else Quantum Leap talks about is a, a course called Six Personal Perspectives. Uh, committee to self mastery. All right. You, you have to be the master of yourself before you can ever master anything else. So we talked about, uh, I don't know if it was this episode of the last, your, your health journey was 75 hard. Mm-hmm. That is mastering a, a, a curriculum of habits and discipline to give you a, a desired results. Mastering yourself says, are you the type of person? What are you going to be your personal challenges? Do you sleep in? Are you lethargic? Are you arthritic? Like, what are your challenges that are going to be around this? Because until you know who you are, you're not going to go become a phenomenal guitar player or run a marathon or run a business. So committing to self-mastery, understanding the big rocks and the 80-20 principle, understanding that not everything matters equally. Do the most important things and they will give you unequal results. So right now there's people whose minds are blown, right? Head spinning, half the stuff's going way over their head because they're still trying to chew on the first or the second nugget that you dropped. If someone wants to look more into, I'm just going to say quantum leap, yep. right? Now, I know you mentioned there's one for even younger kids. So, you know, when you mentioned there's there's um, starter kits, yep. life starter kits yep. out there yep. for 13 to 17-year-olds or, or 18 to 26-year-olds. Uh, they say up to 28. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that basically, everyone who's tuned into this episode, they either fit that bucket or they're the parent or the grandparent of someone who fits that sure. bucket. Are, are, are there ways that people can dip their toes into that? I mean, it's, it's the holiday season. It's the giving season. What a, what a great gesture or gift to yeah. either yourself or to one of your loved ones, but to just point them in the right direction. Ultimately, sure. they're going to want it, right? They're going to need to want it themselves. But how would they find out more information on this type of, like, um, adulting starter kit, I'd call it? Sure. No, I love it. The, the best uh, resource to go right to the, the source, which is KWKC. Dot org. So the letters K W K C, which is Keller Williams Kids Can. Is okay, the foundation. Yep, that does this. So yeah, you go to kwkc.org. You've got I don't know. We probably have eighty instructors around the country, and you'll see who's hosting events where. Uh, are most of them free? Or are they paid? So they're, they're twenty five dollars suggested donation. Okay. If you have the means to do it, great. If you don't, don't. And Keller Williams provides the material for it. So as an instructor. 
it's I'm challenged with uh, matching at least 25. If I have 10 students, I need to raise $250 in its match. That, however, they're not going to turn anybody away. Uh, you mentioned this is total self-serving. Um, helping children who are products or um, or children of the foster the system. system. Yep. How would I personally be able to get involved in an organization in my local market uh, where I could help mentor some of those some of those kids? Oh, they need or big, young adults. They need big brothers, big sisters. Is that I mean, is that the the program of choice? Big brothers, big sisters. Or? Not that program. Okay. But, but they need role models. Yeah. Right. And, and that would and they have that where the commitment would be once a week, um, at least a dedicated time helping them with resumes, helping them with interview skills, helping them with that sort of thing. Because when you think about it, many of these students, especially if they got in the system when they were uh, beyond the, the cute age mm-hmm. and, and they're teenagers, they're not exactly a waiting list for them to go. And they're bouncing from group home to group home to group home until they're 18. Well, at 18, the government sees you as an adult and says you're no longer able to stay in our foster homes. So you have these independent living homes that are going, all right, well, there's grants. You've got to be able to get a job. We're going to help you go from where you're at to adulting, help you buy your first car, help you. So they need money and they need wisdom. Yeah, because that's something that I want to promote right now. I, mean, I've, I, I say all the times to my children, to our associates, to anyone who's willing to listen to me. Yeah. There's two ways you can give your time and your money. Yep. And people need both. Organizations need both. If you have both to give, fantastic. If you don't have both to give, find the one you have to give, whether it's money or your time, and give it. Right. And don't discount your experience. You're talking about 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 19- and 20-year-olds. If you are in your 30s, you have a decade on them. You have a decade of life. There are certain things that you've picked up along the way, mistakes you've made, that could you dedicate an hour of your week? Like, think of how many hours are in a week, right? right. It's, four, it's 24 hours in a day times seven hours. What is that, like 150? can't do the math that quickly. 158 hours? Sure. Can you dedicate one hour to impact someone's life? Right? Can you dedicate one hour and... whatever the case may be, but this is our future. Like when I look at, at the children who are, who are 13 to 17, 13 to 19, and they're in foster care, they need us, us. right? This podcast is because I'm trying to help prevent the Ricks and the Dustins from 20 years ago. I'm trying to help them uh, uh, with their learning curve, right? I'm helping, I'm trying to help them prevent some of the mistakes that they're that they're going to make, but at the same time say, Hey, it's okay when you do, right? Right, Because it's trying to impact our future leaders. This is our legacy. Well, folks, in your local community, it's not the senator that you did or didn't vote for, or the governor you do or do not like, right? The president you may or may not be in, be in charge. It's, no, your local community, yep. your city, your town, your village, your county, you can make a difference. And I didn't even intend to get on a soapbox, but it's something I'm passionate about. And it's something that, quite honestly, in 2021, I... Dustin Owen need to do a better job of truly getting belly to belly and face to face with those that I can impact the most, not just my children and their friends, but those that weren't fortunate to grow up in a household yeah. that maybe my kids were, or even I was, or right. you were. And they're not around the conversations that we might be having with, with our kids. Right? Yeah. Uh, some other things of teaching the kids, Dave Ramsey's got some great products of smart money, smart kids, uh, teaching kids, understanding what, what saving, giving, and spending looks like. Um, the richest man in Babylon is a great principle off of that, which is the 70, 10, 10, 10, which I'm sure you heard of. Uh, live off of 70%, give, save, and invest 10, 10, 10%. Yep. 
Uh, those are some of the things that if, if you can instill in a child at their first job at 13 bagging at Publix, if you can instill 70, 10, 10, 10, how they would be positioned when they're 40 because of those decisions. Yeah, but guess what? Um, shout out to my buddy Robert. Robert, who turns 50 in 2021, it's not too late for him to figure out 70, 10, 10. Right. Although, because he's my buddy and because we hang out together, have oysters and beer together, he's already doing it, I'm sure. Right. But if he wasn't, it's never too late. Like, it's never too late to make a, a, a positive change or it's never too late to start trying. Right. Um, but for those that are, that are younger in their lives or long, younger in their careers, yeah, this is all fantastic advice based on life lessons, but also understanding that through um, organizations like KWKC, you can seek out the information that that maybe you haven't been privy to. Right. You don't need to rely on anyone else but yourself to find it. Right. Um, awesome. Rick, I know you have to run. I know I have to run. Uh, I'm sure our folks who tuned in, they're going to give us comments. They're going to give us feedback. I'm encouraging it right now. Like if you're made it this far onto the episode, please, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcast. If you like this episode, there's like a little thumbs up. Go ahead and like it or give it a five-star review. But we can have Rick back on. The good thing is Rick, he's a UCF knight just like me. Rick's in my backyard, right? Like I think we live 15 minutes away. We work 20 minutes away from each other. Right. So I can have Rick back on, but we need you to let us know what you want to hear Rick talk about, and I'll have him on. But until that time happens, I want to thank you so gracious for you spending your time with us today. It was fun. So that we can produce not one but two episodes. Um if people have questions about life in general, coaching, real estate, what's the best way to get a hold of Rick Bosley? Uh, that, that cell phone or the e cell phone email. I say never email the fire department. So if you want to get a hold of me, email may or may not do it. Uh, it's going to be his phone, which is 407-815-2020. 407-815-2020. This dude loves text messages as yep. well. So call him. If you don't get him, his voicemail will tell you. Text him. Look, you can find me at the Loan Officer Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, as well as YouTube. Um, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. Share us, like us, promote us. Uh, if you want some swag, reach out to JC. He'll send you a hat, a t-shirt, whatever it is that we have. We'll make sure you get, but that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Right on. See you guys.